1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Head on over to my... T- yes, in classic. What's up? What's up? Head on over to my Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash Thea Trinidad. All one word. Join. I will see you guys there. And we're giving away a PlayStation 5 on February 1st. So...
3: gentlemen boys and girls it's a wrestling classic here back for the twc show live on dash radio every saturday 3 p.m pacific time 6 p.m eastern time on the dash talk x channel also available on spotify apple Podcasts, and everywhere else so if you guys aren't already make sure you subscribe leave a rating and a review i am back this week to talk about this week of wrestling with none other than my boy sock money mike and from the dropkick podcast himself daniel ali we are here to break things down i am tired I'm on like two hours of sleep, but the show must go on. And yeah, what's going on, Mike? How are you? You seem offended by my intro because I didn't give you like some long, <laughs> wild, like crazy intro where I gave you a bunch of like, you know, you know, adjectives or some shit. I don't know.
2: Well, first and foremost, you should address me as the greatest broadcaster still going on to this day, the only living real journalist of professional wrestling and of sports in general. And you should. Also subscribe to the Sock Monkey Mike show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, thanks Justin by the way. And uh, and you know just uh make sure you guys tune into that some great interviews coming up. But I'm not on that show. I'm on this TWC show, so yeah. Better intro Justin
3: the sock monkey mike show by the way is more interviews guys so if you guys like to know more about some popular influences out there some wrestlers on the independent scene a lot of the wrestlers you see on AEW, dark and stuff definitely check out the sock monkey mike show man a lot of these stars might pop off and then you get to learn about them ahead of time by listening to sock monkey mike show man like daniel i made his debut in AEW this week and guess who interviewed him sock monkey mike daniel's dropkick podcast we got a lot going on there is rebranded refreshed brand new looking new doing the thing but uh, mm. what's going on with that, Daniel? Nah, man,
0: uh, finally, we got Josh Matthews out of the way there. But uh, you know what? I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. But um, I got a couple things uh lined up. You know uh, I got Nikki Howard coming on soon, and guess who interviewed her? Sockley Mike. Anyway, <laughs> hey, why are you laughing at me? You know what? I'm gonna do a better job of interviewing her than you did. Okay, so chill there. He's not chill gonna there. simp.
3: He's not gonna simp as hard. You know.
0: I'm not, I'm not, I'm no simple. Okay. But uh, yeah, check out the dropkick podcast on spot podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, I'm also on YouTube at the dropkick podcast and follow me on Instagram at dropkick pod and do the thing. And, you know, thank you for having me on once again.
3: Of course. Of course. Now let's, let's just jump right into it. So let's start from Friday for months now. I've been saying that, you know, Adam Pierce, has pretty much just been the general manager of both Raw and SmackDown. As much as way back when, I can't tell you the exact date, but I believe it was like the end of 2018 where Vince, Stephanie, Shane, and uh, Triple H all came to the ring and said, we're not going to do authority figures no more. We're going to listen to the fans. We're not going to insult your intelligence and whatnot and all that fun stuff. No more GMs, none of that authority figure stuff. And since then, we've had Adam Pearce basically calling the shots on both shows because an authority figure is a pretty... Important role on a television show. Like it kind of makes the logic behind the things that don't make sense. Don't get me wrong, sometimes they use the authority figure when they don't need to in situations. For example, this past week on Raw, when Adam Pierce told Drew Gulak that he can't just say he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and he has to wrestle for that spot. But then 20 minutes later, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke just entered themselves in the Royal Rumble. Sometimes they don't use the authority figure right. But then again, sometimes it's necessary to have an authority figure there to be like, listen, this is what's going to happen. This is this is the plan for the show. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of really makes everything make sense. For example, me and Daniel watched that really popular episode of Raw, one of the highest rated episodes of Raw uh, in 1999 from May when Shawn Michaels showed up and the yeah. only other person was who had power other than Vince and Shane that could call the shots was Shawn and he made was able to like pretty much dictate how the rest of the show was going to go. It it makes sense.
0: Exactly. And I think he narrated that so well. And Sean Wing Sean, like, there were some goofy antics. Like, he would come out wearing that vest. And, like, I remember just making fun of him. I was like, hey, look, he's a shield or whatever. But, um, you know, I think, like, things like that make sense. Here's the thing. Once you can tell a story from start to finish, it all makes sense. But the thing is, they don't follow that up every single week. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, but to the point, though, he's been the unofficial GM of Raw and SmackDown. And now yeah. finally, not finally, most of the time the authority figures in history have ended up in the ring in some sort of match or feud. We've seen it happen with Vince. We've seen it happen with Shane more recently, with Kevin Owens and stuff. We've seen it happen with Stephanie, whether it was facing Ronda Rousey or other people. We've seen it happen with Triple H all the time. Oh, it just happened with Triple H on Raw this week. An authority figure showed up to call the shots and ended up in a, in a match of some sort. So I don't think any of us saw it coming. But Adam Pearce is going to face Roman Reigns for the Universal title at the Royal Rumble. This unofficial, like they always say, oh, he's just a WWE official with no actual label, just a WWE official who for some reason is able to call all the shots and make all the decisions for the last two years, somehow was just this behind the scenes character that we technically weren't supposed to give a shit about, but he was able to make decisions is now in a prominent role facing the Universal Champion at the Royal Rumble. And for those that don't know, Adam Pearce is a wrestler. He, you know, before he, he retired and became an official for the WWE, actually, like producing stuff. For the WWE, actually, like he's a former NWA champion. During the years that the NWA championship wasn't the most prominent thing in the world, don't get me wrong, but he yeah. carried that title with pride for a lot of years. I remember watching some of his matches. He was, he's one of the one of those guys you could probably call like a journeyman on the Indies for so many years until WWE signed him to be an official backstage. I don't know exactly how I feel about this because we're always, especially on this show, we talk about how there's so much talent on the roster that's not being used or there's so much talent and only so many top spots.
0: Yeah.
3: Like, we saw how, like, during that gauntlet match, we saw, like, almost the rise of Shinsuke Nakamura again. Like, he dominated that gauntlet match. It almost seemed like you know, we're seeing Shinsuke of like, uh, eighteen back again, you know? Uh, the Shinsuke that won the Rumble and went to... Like, it almost felt like, oh, we're getting glimpses of old Shinsuke. And it also almost seemed like a babyface turn, too, which is something that I would appreciate was. because I dig his old music and stuff. But instead of Shinsuke actually winning that gauntlet, it ended with Roman Reigns beating up Shinsuke and allowing Adam Pearce to win. How do you guys feel about that? We'll start with you, Mike, because I, I, you haven't talked at all yet.
2: Well, I mean, I've, I've really thought about this a lot. And, you know, having Shinsuke not win... In the middle of a baby face turn. I don't. I, I personally don't think it's a great decision. But I really like the idea of this whole Adam Pierce. As a you know a potential threat Even though you know of course we say that he's just A backstage talent and he's just you know An official blah 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 it gives me the Vibes of like a Mike rip Ripwreck or like Maybe of a you know that underdog where like We don't expect him to win and that Really gives us the feel of like what he's gonna bring To the ring we haven't seen him in in the ring for Years and he's like you mentioned before a former NWA champion he's done all this in the indies So I mean I'm Personally excited to see what he does at the Royal Rumble Maybe he kind of brings back That independent wrestling feel to the mm-hmm. main event scene i really hope so i hope he just doesn't take two spears and then call it a night um but you know i i'm really excited about this and hopefully we will see more from adam pierce in the future 100%.
3: no i'm with you and uh i will say i'm i'm a little bit more excited for adam pierce being in this situation than the whole goldberg drew mcintyre thing but daniel how do you feel about adam pierce
0: i did clips on instagram i think someone posted and he's you know what he's not a bad wrestler like people don't give him credit and i think um this is kind of off topic but uh i think him winning the gauntlet made sense because in that way having shinsuke lose is going to make the fans want him to be more featured on that like prominent role you know what i mean that's what they did with kofi kingston that's what they did with daniel bryan like once you push these guys out the fans are going to want them more and more and it's kind of like that psychology effect and it plays out like great you know what I mean so I think um I don't know how the match is gonna go but I do want to talk about Goldberg and Drew McIntyre
3: we'll get there when we got to Raw. the last couple of things I want to say about this Adam Pierce thing and then Smackdown I will say this at the end of the day I am actually really happy for Adam Pierce the performer and wrestler someone who did retire and change and turn into a suit rather than wrestle anymore to get an opportunity to wrestle on a big stage in the wwe there's something about like that that makes me happy for him because like yo this is something people probably never imagined not only is he gonna wrestle in the wwe he's not like just a random entrant in the rumble or anything like he's literally wrestling for the universal title against quite doubted like quite undoubtedly like the top guy in the wwe like Roman Reigns is the the face of the company in a sense so like I think that I'm really happy for him I think that's really cool the difference between this and Goldberg and why I said that before is like Goldberg is someone that's had opportunity after opportunity (laughs) been on Wrestlemania and been on Rumbles and done everything like so when he comes out there and requests the title shot and gets it, it's kind of like and someone actually mentioned this the other day they're like oh um, when I made the Sting post, like, oh, you're okay with Sting wrestling one more match, but you're not okay with Goldberg. I'm like, no, no, I don't have a problem with Goldberg wrestling. If Goldberg was going to enter the Rumble this year, I'd be okay with it. If Goldberg's going to wrestle someone else low on the card to kind of put them over, I'd be over it. But the fact that he walks in and gets a title shot every time, eh, kind of sucks because there's other guys that deserve title shots. But yeah. on the flip side, on when it comes to Adam Pierce, there's a part of me that's kind of happy about it because it's like, yo, this man did work. Like, his, you know, I think there's a lot of people... And there is a lot of people out there that dream to be professional wrestlers. Oh, Some they sure. were kids. And one part of their dream is to work for the WWE. I want to wrestle at WrestleMania. I want to work at the Rumble. Like That's what all kids that want to be wrestlers, they watch WWE and they want to do that. Mm-hmm. Adam Pierce never got to do that. Did he get to work for the company? Yes, he got to work for this company. And he probably is, still feels like he achieved his de- dream in a way because now he's working for the WWE. He's back. And now he's on TV all the effing time. So he's achieving his dream in other ways. But to actually be able to perform and against the top guy, like there's a part of me that is very happy for him. Now, The other two things I want to talk about when it comes to SmackDown really quickly is Sasha Banks was on the show. I think it was um, Mike that pointed out to me that she was on the show because they had nothing creative for her, and I and I think he was trying to say that to offend me. But I'm a big fan of if you don't have anything creative for someone, don't put them on TV. Like yeah. if there's absolutely no reason for them to be on there. Like the only thing I said I think they could have done with Sasha, and that's only if they had time, was. Give her a squash match against, like I don't know, an independent talent or someone on NXT. That's one way you can showcase her if you don't have anything creative for her. Because she is a champion. Let her have like a squash match on the show. But if there wasn't time for that and you had nothing else creative for her, keep her off the show. Less is more. When we do see her, we'll be excited. Carmella got to promote their feud and cut a promo. That's all we needed. Fair enough. And then the last thing when it comes to SmackDown, and I want to throw this one to uh, Daniel over there. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode are the tag team
0: champions. Finally! It's about time. It's about time, and you can see why they're so good at what they do. And um, you have two veterans like Ziggler and Rude, and they're the best at what they do. But how long before we see them drop the titles and then a Bobby Rude face turn? I'm just saying it's it can happen, and we've seen that in the past. You know how great of a face Bobby Rude is. Mike, stop coming years. We all know Ziggler's better than Johnny Gargano, and that's the bottom line because I said so. But um, no um, the Dirty Dogs called kind of odd name, but you know what. I'm going to
3: roll with it. if don't. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy for them too. Were you, were you, are you happy about Rude and Ziggler winning the tag titles there, Mike?
2: Uh, I will say that Rude and Ziggler has the most smoothest tag team finisher in all of professional wrestling. Because if you look at the Spine Buster and Zigzag combination, I think that was smooth of how they did it. Um, but aside from that, I'm, I'm happy for them. And they've been a tag team for about two years, I think, at this point, maybe. They've been really trying to push both of them to be tag team wrestlers instead of just their own respective singles competitors because their singles competition careers suck. So, you know, wow. it's just best to put them as a tag team. <laughs> and, you know, uh, but I honestly think they should give them a name. I think they should give them a tag team name. But maybe they- Dirty Dogs? No. Yeah,
0: Dirty Dogs is it's- a name.
2: That's not their name, is no, it? It
0: is, yeah. It's set on like, no the-
2: cap, no cap. That's it's their name. No, the dirty is this like something recent?
3: it happened on SmackDown. G
0: A W G S,
2: Okay, well, if it's the dirty dogs, then they're gonna be dirty champions because obviously they're not gonna make it that long with the titles. Um, but other than that, I mean, like I said, I'm happy for them, they really deserve it, but I really don't see them holding the titles for. The majority of 2021
0: i don't think, I think so, so but uh they'll, they'll, they'll elevate a lot of uh upcoming talent
2: i think
3: the street profits are most likely going to take it back eventually because uh-huh. i think the street profits is who they're truly behind and ziggler and rude i'm no like no offense either than they're both super talented i've been a rude fan since he was like long here in tna beer money days and even prior to that when he was team canada and i've always liked ziggler the thing is that they're both really good at doing what they do and they're both they're happy to be there to make money and like support their families or their own life. So I think they're okay putting people over, and I think they're gonna put the street profits over again. I Ziggler seems like one of those guys that I'm not like not in a negative way. I'm not in a negative way, but he's happy. He's just happy to be there and get paid. Like you know what I mean? And I feel like no, and I think I've heard about Rude, where like I think for him it's not about creative and stuff. He's just happy to put his kids through college and stuff, and he's you know what I mean. So yeah. the talented, I'm happy the tag champions. Uh, Ziggler's won the tag titles. With the Spirit Squad or Drew McIntyre, God knows who else, and um, it's good to see uh, Ruda prospering in that fact too. One last question about SmackDown before we move on, because I forgot to mention it before. With what happened with Shinsuke, do you guys see him now as a potential winner of the Royal Rumble this year? No, no, no. I feel like you can throw him in there if they keep building him up these next couple of weeks. Maybe,
0: maybe in the final four or something, but I don't think he's gonna win it. But maybe he we have.
3: Do we have a prediction now, like an updated prediction of who we think is going to win?
2: I yeah. I have an updated prediction. Who? Michael. Yeah. All right. So uh I honestly, my prediction is probably going to change when we do Royal uh, Rumble predictions. Um, but yeah. right now, I really feel like the person that will win the Royal Rumble for the men's. <sighs> I hate to say it, but I think it's Brock.
3: I ouch. I get it though. Like I actually understand that. Like, like I understand like, that. Uh,
2: think about this. Think yeah. about this. So he got released oh. by WWE. We already know that. Um, but we really haven't heard about him really in the in new sources or whatever the case may be. You know, recently because of the pandemic, there's not really that much options for him. So I feel like <laughs> WWE is going to piss us off and say you th- you really loved how. Um Brock Lesnar got eliminated last year with Drew McIntyre and you got what you wanted this last year but this year we're not going to give you shit. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to we're, we're going to piss you guys off even more. I think it's going to be Brock Lesnar, either that or if someone realistically maybe Randy Orton. I would love to see Randy Orton someone like that get the get the Royal Rumble victory and maybe get into the world title picture How again. about you Daniel?
0: Uh I got Daniel Bryan. I think I don't know. I just see it happening. I don't know why, but
3: I, I see Daniel and I see Brock. I don't really see Randy Orton, but I'm never against Randy Orton winning anything because I'm a Randy Orton mark. But I, see,
0: I also see Kevin Owens coming back. I think Kevin was. Owens is
3: a strong one. I think Kevin... Because Ke- the last time we saw Kevin Owens, he got his ass whooped by Roman Reigns. And Owens winning the Rumble and going back after Reigns at, at WrestleMania is I'm something so that down. needs to happen. I see Daniel I'm- Bryan. I see Brock. Obviously, I would love a wild card like Keith Lee or Aleister Black Day, like rise up to the top through this Rumble. But I'm going to have to go with Kevin Owens at this point. I think the way because we haven't seen Kevin Owens since he got beat up, right? Yeah,
0: no, he had he had injured ribs or something like. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of taking time off. But yeah, I, it who knows? Is that
3: a kayfabe injury or a real injury? I, I don't
0: know. <laughs> so yeah, where you know. go. Monday Night Raw. Let's talk
3: about Raw really quickly. Let's see what happened over there. Lexa Bliss with Okay, oh let's just start from the beginning. I was hyped. When I heard that Triple H was gonna open the show. I wasn't actually planning to watch Raw because watching a three hour episode of Raw is a chore, so I was just gonna let it happen <laughs> and, and like watch what I wanted to watch after the fact and be like, Oh, this seems like it was good, that was good. But then they did the whole Triple H is opening up the show, and I'm like, you know what? I was nice. I'm worth it. Let's see what the game has to say. Um, obviously, uh my my I think from all of us, like speedy recovery to Drew McIntyre, who was he's Tested positive for COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. He has no symptoms, but they obviously had to take some time off, so he wasn't on the show this week. And initially, I didn't know this, but then next thing you know, supposedly those Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre booked for Raw, which honestly, I'm, on a flip side, I'm glad that didn't happen because we saw that a lot last year, and like yeah. that's not going to make me tune into Raw. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, speedy recovery to D- Drew McIntyre. I hope to see him soon. He did accept Goldberg's challenge. That's what he did on the show. But other than that, Triple H came out. He started cutting a promo, cracked some jokes. He's like, wow, I still got it because the piped in crowd noise. Um, was some classic Triple H. And then voices hit it, and Orton came out, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm 17 again. It's Randy Orton and Triple oh, H. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, two of my favorites of all time, and, and they're in the ring, and I was, like, sitting there, and I, I joked on the phone. Like, I went for a run, and as I was coming back, I was on the phone with Daniel. I'm like, yo, I'm like, what if we get Randy Orton versus Triple H tonight?
0: I remember that. <laughs> and I
3: come home and we start We start leading to Randy mm-hmm. Orton versus Triple H. You know, Randy Orton's like, just hand me the title or mm-hmm. just let's do this. And he's, you know, he used the, I don't know if you guys remember back when they were going to wrestle a super showdown in Australia or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Randy Orton used that same line, like, you know, oh. get your balls out of Stephanie's purse. But that time Triple H made a joke about it. He's a guy that's too heavy to carry around. I'll, I'll do that. You know what I mean? But uh, this time, you know, Randy used that again to get under Triple H's skin, and it worked. And uh, later on in the night, we found that Triple H confirmed and said, yes, I will wrestle Randy Orton. And I was hyped. They kept me hooked throughout the whole show. Yo, trippy. side note, guys, we're not going to talk about this, but it's one one one. and I just looked at the clock, and it's 1-1-1, manifestations, things are coming true. But um, <laughs> back to the point is um, – we got a ball between Triple H and Randy Run at the end of the night. How think- are you guys excited for Randy and Triple H throughout the
0: night? Hell yeah. I think, you know, the younger version of me, like, you know, it came out. Like, I was so happy to see Triple H wrestle. It wasn't a wrestling match, but like, just to have him and Randy, like, that confrontation was super dope. And I think um, if we actually had a crowd, like, it would have been way better. And having, like, Alexa Bliss come out at the
2: end and the fireball, like, I popped. That was
3: how about you, Mike? how do you feel about
2: I hated it. Why? Why? Here's the reason why. So this is, wait, tell s-
3: this is the guy that just said he wants Brock Lesnar around you in the World. Longer. But he so, hates Triple H. Okay, let's go.
2: So let me tell you this. So I I mean, of course I was hyped. I was hyped to see when Triple H was back, but I was thinking he was gonna pull something with the NXT. Maybe he was gonna have some NXT talent come on. But I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love when Triple H is you know gets the opportunity to compete and to showcase why he still has it. But when you have the same matches that you've had over the past several years of randy or oh at super showdown or or crown jewel whatever the case was and you know it, it, there's a point where the excitement just gets old of, of seeing the same. Between
3: those two it didn't because of the long-term relation from evolution all day like this is a different vibe with those two and it's not like they wrestled triple h don't wrestle single match all of 2020 that's the that's first, that's the that's first year since that's 1995 true. he did not wrestle a match. And this was the first match Triple H would have wrestled on Raw since 2016 when he was a WWE champion and defended against Dolph Ziggler.
0: Should have won that, but you know
3: what? So, I, to see I, Triple H wrestle on Raw was kind of also the fact that that was the actual day of the 28th anniversary of Raw uh, debuting on television back in 1993. It kind of like, oh, to get two older guys to wrestle each other at the end of this episode of Raw? No, I this think... Is good. This is the real Legends Night. <laughs>
0: i think it worked though um randy used that um stephanie line like how many times have we seen people use that and it works it gets under his skin you know quote unquote. but uh you know great
3: but stuff. to mike's point there was a point where i was like "Some i don't know if you said it but someone did say to me that day that you know it would be cool if someone from nxt stepped up for triple years. h like I tweeted he, that like Triple H is like, no, I'm not going to wrestle you, but here's Damian Priest or something. you know. I
0: that. I, I was like, like I, I think they would do that, and then they had Keith Lee show up, and I'm like, I don't want to see Keith Lee. Yeah, then I thought
3: it was going to be Keith Lee, because Keith Lee's like, Triple H, you always have my back. I'll do I'm this. Like, chill, fat I'm, fat I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to see Keith Lee. <laughs> and we already saw it. Give me a Damian Priest or a Chomper or someone we haven't <laughs> seen, you know? Or Johnny Gargano. <laughs> I don't know. I think Orton or would have ran through him like a uh, wrecking ball. <laughs> um, yeah. You know I mean,
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Bad, you were not fighting a modern day Ric Flair like it's. Just, like, but, but,
0: but I will say, it ended up
3: being a brawl. There wasn't even a referee. The one thing that was odd to me was that Triple H was whipping Randy Owens' ass, which I don't know what the that was. And then we got a burning hammer out of nowhere. Shout out to uh, Kenta Kobashi out in Japan, and um, but we didn't have an actual burning hammer. We had a sledgehammer on fire. And the thing that made me laugh the most was that the, the light, light went out and Triple H was gone. Like the man just disappeared. Did he run away? Like get kidnapped? Like, like everything made sense with the lights going out, the burning hammer. Ooh, my goodness. You can't make a human disappear like that without any explanation.
0: Hey, The Undertaker did it, right? So. yeah
3: but he would disappear you don't make other people disappear this is like what i think bray wyatt has a, now we know that bray wyatt has the magical power to make people disappear this is like when he had alexa bliss and alex went on they both disappeared
0: mm-hmm. i guess i guess the thing now right i don't know
3: Fuck and no. then alexa bliss showed up and shot a fireball at Randy Orton.
0: fucking great television i was entertained throughout it
3: so my one argument is this to anyone that's listening to this if you are one of those people that hates the current product but you love the Attitude Era. You love Ruthless Aggression Era. You got a little bit of Ruthless Aggression on this Raw with Triple H and Jordan, and you got a little bit of Attitude Era on this Raw with the hijinks and the fireballs. Mm-hmm. You can't complain. They gave you what you want. But the rest of the card, I will say, was a little odd. There was a lot of people playing double duty. Matt Riddle wrestled two matches. He got squashed by Bobby Lashley, then wrestled MVP. Sheamus and Lee went from having a tag match into a singles match with each other, which totally threw me off.
0: And did, yeah.
3: Um, Jeff Hardy wrestled twice. He lost to uh um Elias's like white hand man, I forget his name, Jackson, Jackson Riker or something. Jackson, Jackson right, well, right, yeah. He lost to him in like 45 seconds and then beat Elias after, which is still very questionable. But it makes me wonder if there's more people that contacted COVID.
0: I think so because they're trying to keep the environment like with less people as possible. And also, let's let's talk about uh Lacey Evans and Ric Flair. Like Woo!
2: What <laughs>
3: yo lacey evans promo before going out was a little cringe but i think that's her character but i will say um, her him turning on charlotte and helping lacey and leaving with her at his age is pretty funny kind of gives me it makes me reminiscent i don't know if you guys were watching back then or if you ever went back and watched it because you guys are a little bit younger but there was a whole storyline where um tori wilson's dad started (laughs) linking up with don marie and oh, then, okay. uh, like, he was, like, really old. And, like, she was, like, macking on Tori Wilson's dad to a point where, like, they got married and then they went to, like, um, have sex after they got married in a hotel and he had a heart attack. You know? uh, yeah. And, and yeah, then he is. died. And then he died and Tori had to go to the funeral. And then <laughs> Tori and Don <Dawn laughs> Marie started scrapping at the funeral. And all really led to just, like, Don mm-hmm. Marie wanting to be with Tori. I'm not saying that this storyline's going to be like that or anything.
0: But... If it, it is like that, like, I'll start tuning in. Right here, right? I <laughs> am saying...
3: One week, we see Ric Flair just getting, like, shit on. And last week, we said it on the show. I'm like, I'm so sick of him bringing Ric Flair back just to get shit on. Like, Ryan, Jordan's dissing him. Charlotte's being mean to him. We just see saddled Pisces Ric Flair walking away and cr- crying. Now, he comes back this week, and he didn't walk away crying, man. He walked away strutting, wooing, happy, Lacey Evans in his arms. Wh- what's going on? And she hardcore looks like, the, like... I'm not saying she looks like her seems like it, but, like... She- she, the way she was talking in her promo, was like, oh, she's looking for a sugar daddy. <laughs> oh,
0: I think that's what they're trying to portray him as. I, you know what? It's great television. I'm with it. So, Who's the heel? That's hard. Fuck. Lacey Evans. <laughs> like, yeah. openly, like,
3: straight up, like, she comes off as the heel, but isn't Charlotte still technically heelish? That's what I'm saying.
2: She, she's a tweener. She's always been a tweener.
3: I don't think she's always been a tweener, but she is, she is a tweener right now for sure, I think. But here we go again. Now, I just want to point out something that's wrong with the (laughs) Raw Women's roster. Charlotte's feuding with Lacey over her dad. Mm -hmm. Asuka is tag team champions with Charlotte. Yeah. The former number one contenders Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke just got squashed by Shayna and Nia again. Correct. Nobody's going after the women's championship as a singles title. That's irrelevant.
0: What else... So,
3: and nobody's technically going after the women's tag titles, unless it's Shayna and Nia again, who technically should either be breaking up and trying to go after the main women's title. Exactly. It's a clusterfuck of a women's division compared to SmackDown's women's division, you know? Smack- At least there's like a clear-cut, like, who's going after what, what's going on there. On Raw, they got the talent. Before I used to complain, maybe they just don't have the talent. But now you got Charlotte back. You're pushing Lacey a little bit. Uh, Peyton and Lacey were tag team, I think. Ah, uh, Nia and Shayna, like it's just—is it—is is, the Raw division just a tag division? Like, does anyone even remember that Oscar's the champion? That's still. And, a- at the, and at this moment, is there anyone on Raw that you find believable to win the Women's War Rumble?
2: Wait, on the Raw women's side? Yeah, Shayna Baszler.
3: And if she does, that'd be great. But they haven't or, been or- pushing that narrative besides on Raw Talk.
2: Well, yeah, maybe maybe her or. I hate to say it, people are going to laugh, but Nia Jax could be a potential.
3: I mean, that is Daniel's favorite wrestler.
2: <laughs> Moving forward, I oh, you know what? Let's go off topic a little bit.
0: I, I, uh, I was reading the dirt sheets a little bit, and I heard Rick, Ricochet is leaving WWE apparently.
2: He's not resigning.
0: Which is
3: fine. Yeah. They dropped
0: the ball with him and Alistair.
3: They made him a tag team then did nothing relevant with either one of them.
2: They had a match at WrestleMania.
3: Yeah, oh, but... we watched the other night, which was good, but like and that's the thing, they had the mania moment if they necessarily don't want another one, I understand. I get it. But... I would love to, I'm not saying it has to be AEW. I would like to see Ricochet in AEW, but I'm, I would love to see Tommy End work in Japan, work in AEW, work other places, you
0: know? Tommy great. yeah. I don't
3: know. He's alright. I mean, he's alright because the way they booked him, he could have been so much better. I don't know, but... This man's chewing gum on my show. Uh, moving forward, uh, Drew Gulak lost to of Styles. That's all we're gonna say about that. Ooh,
1: um,
3: the
2: greatest submission specialist of all time. Don't disrespect the goat like that. Who? Oh, Dolph. Who? Chill.
0: He's got more titles than fucking Gulak's has you think? Relax.
3: Retribution picked up a win. Who is his
2: face? Shout out to Slapjack. Uh, oh, T-
3: T- T-Bone or what's his name? T-Dog. Xavier Woods. T-Bar. T bar be Xavier Words and Kofi's out injured now for I think for a bit or no something. way he's either it. injured or with COVID. One of the things, but he wasn't there this week, and Xavier said you know this one's for yeah. Kofi and stuff, and then he lost. That's awesome. Um, which is fine because <sighs> you know what? I love That's the new cool. day, they're great. It's nice when they we get a break from them. And to see Xavier as a single star for a little bit won't be bad. No, uh, if Kofi's injured, speedy recovery. If he just wasn't there this week, hope to see him soon.
2: But You mean the cruiserweight champion potential in Xavier Woods because that's all he could be and not a singles champion?
3: I mean, I feel the same thing about Johnny Gargano, but he's the North American champion right now.
2: (laughs) That's how I feel about Carmella, who will never be women's champion again.
3: She will.
0: She probably will, man. She's great.
3: More people know who Carmella is than they knew who Johnny Gargano is if you went on Twitter.
0: That's true. How you doing?
3: Girls Uh, on Total Divas. How you doing? bear bear with us podcast shout out that's a cheap plug they didn't pay me to do that anyways
2: (laughs) carried by a tag team how you doing we're
3: gonna go to our sponsors really quickly maestro classic check them out go buy their product and we'll be back we're gonna talk about dynamite and a little bit about nxt
2: yeah
0: Do you struggle with your mental health? Do you have these negative thoughts that bug you day to day? Do you want to have a positive mindset in order to be successful and have a lots of gratitude? Well, you should listen to my podcast, The Dropkick Podcast. I speak about mental health and pro wrestling as I interview some of the biggest names in this industry such as Tyson Kidd, Brian Pillman Jr., Rob Van Dam, Ken Shamrock, and many more. Come listen to my podcast, The Dropkick Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, and keep subscribing and doing the thing. I appreciate everybody. Hey everybody, it's a wrestling classic Justin here, and I just want to give a huge shout out to
3: Maestro Classic. Maestro Classic is the best in beard care and is undeniably good at keeping your beard clean and conditioned. It's sulfate-free beard wash to clean the beard without drying your skin beard butter to condition it, and beard oil to help it shine. The products are available online at maestroclassic.com and all of your target locations in the beard care aisles. Maestro Classic is the top brand in beard care game with a dedicated team on the road with the WWE, the 76ers, and NASCAR. If you always wondered how superstars such as Triple H, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Kofi Kingston stay so perfectly groomed, it's Maestro Classic. Be sure to use my promo code TWC Maestro to save yourself 25% on all your online purchases. That is TWC Maestro. Dig it! we're back guys back for the TWC show second part so let's talk about NXT because there's usually not a lot to talk about when it comes to NXT because NXT is not that what NXT used to be Finn Balor <laughs> formed an alliance with the undisputed era with some beef with Pete Dunne whatever uh, <laughs> the way he's been winning matches whether it was Candice LeRae over Shotzi or Johnny over Dexter Loomis once again Whatever. Whatever. Okay, Uh, no,
2: stop right there. You do not want to disrespect the greatest faction in NXT today. You're talking about Austin Theory, aka Austin White, whatever you like to call him, being the rookie breakout star of the year last year. And now he's absolutely killing it as a part of the way. Same thing goes with Indy Hartwell. Same thing goes with Candice LeRae, who should be NXT women's champion. We already know this. And (laughs) and Johnny Gargano, who's the greatest NXT North American champion in our nation's history. So, don't disrespect them ever again.
3: Anyways, whatever. And moving forward (laughs) from that, did anything else happen on NXT, Mike?
2: Yes, it, oh actually a lot happened in NXT Justin. Uh we also had the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic where we had the introductions to MSK, either you know otherwise known as the Rascals back in the independent scene. Do we in- know
3: what MSK stands for?
2: No, we don't. I actually have a couple of theories if I'm allowed to share. Yeah, go ahead. Uh I put on my Instagram story which you guys could follow at Sock Mike. Uh what does MSK mean? And MSK, I think. Oh no, it's not there anymore. Um, but I said the maniacal uh, skater kids, uh, <laughs> the 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 Michigan Southern, uh, the Michigan Southern like club or something with the K. Uh, there, there's so something with skaters. I think. I think it has to include that. But um, I'm really excited. They're a very uh, talented tag team with Desmond Xavier back in when he was known as that, and Zachary Wentz. Uh, Barry is Zachary
3: Wentz John- now Nash Carter or something or is it Zachary Wentz still?
2: No, Zachary Wentz is now Nash Carter and Desmond Xavier is Lee something. Wesley. Oh, Wesley.
3: Oh, okay. I thought they let Desmond keep his name, but he's not yeah. okay.
2: But Wesley? I was really excited for that.
3: Wesley? His name is Wesley.
2: No, I don't let me let me confirm that for you. No, definitely. it's okay.
3: <laughs> but they made their de- debut. That's cool. Two of the um Rascals, because obviously Trey Miguel did not sign to WWE. As far as we know, we don't know if he's gonna. I i don't think he's gonna remain with Impact, but will he show up in MLW? Will he show up in Wesley? Um... I got it. It's Wesley. Yeah. Well, <laughs> will, will he show up in AEW? I don't know, but I, I, I am looking forward to see where Trey Miguel lands. Other than that, yeah, NXT was okay. I didn't. I didn't watch a show from what I read and what I looked at and when the highlights I did see. It's okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the pit match next week. I really do like Champa um and i think timothy thatcher when it comes to the pit match it's cool that he has this unique match that is like it's back like when back in the day like when you had ken shamrock signed to wwe like you could do the lion's den match you know it's like very Mm -hmm. significant to ken shamrock and the pit match is very significant to uh uh timothy thatcher so uh, and the last pit match we had with thatcher and matt riddle i really enjoyed so i'm looking forward to that there is just something missing with nxt i can't tell you what it is i don't know what it is but something's missing and it's not that they don't have all the talent in the world, and it's not that I don't like the Dusty Rhodes Classic. We got to hear about three of the teams for the women. Ember's going to be with Shotzi, Candice is going to be with Indy, and Casey and her tag team partner—I forget her name right now—are together. Kate Kate and Carter, Carter. oh Caden Carter, my bad, are together. Like something's missing. Like I love Karrion Cross and Scarlet as a duo, but just, I don't know something's not clicking. Where it's like I feel like I need to watch NXT. Yeah,
2: and I agree with you.
3: And like to the point, like I and I'm all jokes aside. Like I do like the way I do like Johnny and Candice. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on Austin and Indy to be honest. But I really do like Johnny and Candice. I've I've liked them since they were in the independence, right? Uh, I I do I do like Finn Balor. I want Finn Balor to prosper. I enjoy the Undisputed era. I don't know how I'm feeling about them as baby faces right now, but I do enjoy them. But just something's
0: not clicking. Oh, there was a
3: point where like I would own I would tune in to NXT just to see what the Undisputed era is doing. I don't mm-hmm. even feel that no more.
0: I agree with you. Something's not clicking. I think it's because we don't have crowds back, maybe. I don't know. Because that uh, of NXT crowd was very different compared to the main roster. Right?
3: It's the atmosphere, I Because the NXT crowd was yeah. like a cult like following that had the channel right. and you who to root for. It mm-hmm. was like that same crowd every week at Full Sail or wherever because they were like, they record exactly. their shows there. But it was like that loyal, honest crowd. It <laughs> was what it was like the audiences at AEW were going like that crowd that comes there because they really want to support that product more than the main uh-huh. roster ship. That's what the NXT crowd was. They wanted to support NXT over Raw and SmackDown. Cause they felt like it was a, their, that was their show. And, and, and that's true. Maybe that's what's missing. I don't know what it is, but I, don't know. I even like uh-huh. Pete Dunne. I've been a Pete Dunne fan since he was on the Indies, since he was, since I first saw him in progress and I mm-hmm. still, it's
0: still not clicking with me. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> like, I think here's the thing. I think we've seen too much of Johnny. We've seen too much of Undisputed Era for, you know, for a long period of time. Like what? Yui has been there since 2017. It's 2021. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know, man. Maybe I also
3: don't want to see anybody called up because they don't know what they're doing with anyone. They don't know what around. they're doing. It's,
0: mm-hmm. it's just, it's a weird place. And with the pandemic, like they can't do much. That's the thing. I guess once crowds come back, then maybe they'll give it their 100%. You know what I mean? In terms of creative.
3: Just like something's it. missing i don't know what it is the I, the venue looks sick i like how they updated it and stuff like okay, it yeah. two months. i just i don't know it's just something's not clicking yeah
0: i don't know man sorry mike
3: sorry for your show moving <laughs> forward aw <laughs> you want to talk about something that's really confusing i was really excited to see Pac for Eddie kingston those are two guys i'm really big fans of i'm a bigger fan of Pac, of course as everyone knows and yes i call him Pac and not pack because i don't know i think Pac is what we should be calling him other than that like why did they like I, I love Eddie Kingston? I love like the way that he sells. It's not like he gets frustrated about the match or his opponents. He it's always seems like he's getting frustrated with himself, which is like, a really unique way to like sell compared so, to other people. Like it's always like he's getting mad because he's not doing what he thinks he should be doing, and it's pissing him off rather than like mad that he's losing or whatnot. But was that kind of like a squash match on Eddie Kingston? Like Pac like controlled the entire match.
0: Uh-huh. I'll and, then, you know,
3: and then Pac beat him again after he beat him. Like with a brutalized, He just locked him to brutalize. Like he, didn't, <laughs> it didn't. Like I don't know. Like I'm not saying like they're burying Eddie Kingston. I don't think that's possible. But like, that was like,
0: no, didn't didn't really do anything for Eddie Kingston. I don't. I don't think they have plans for Eddie Kingston in the ring. But I think he's a great talker, so that's what they're going to utilize him as. And you know what I mean, kind of put him through in that role. But I don't. I don't know. Maybe
2: Eddie Kingston is a part of that group of AEW where he's a relatively older talent. And he's just trying to put over the younger talent, I think. I don't really... You know what I mean? Because, like, there's Dustin that's there still. Don't know why. QT Marshall, he's relatively in that range um, because he is a trainer for the Nightmare Factory. Uh, You know, and I I think he's just a part of that group just to, you know, put over the younger talent. That's why Pac destroyed him in that opening match. So, um, you know, I think he's a part of that, just that group just kind of, like, to make them look good and not necessarily win.
3: Do you think... And I was happy that Pack won, don't get me wrong. I just wish it was a little bit more back and forth because it didn't really make Kingston look good. But to your point, that might make sense. Right. You know, might, you, you, I think you make sense. Like, I don't think Kingston is in the role where he is supposed to be like trying to look good.
2: Yeah, right, right. I, um, I agree, I agree.
3: I don't understand what's going on with Lance Archer. I don't know if he's just coming out there because they were trying to find things for him to do, but Pac and the Lucha Brothers against Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade seems to be the feud, and then there's just Lance Archer. <laughs> I <Like>, don't
2: oh, <laughs> Well, cuz I think Lance Archer is trying to pull an Undertaker where like he just feuds for whoever he wants and it, there there's no set direction for him.
3: It's really weird. Yeah. Like yes. it, he came to save Eddie Kingston and then had some words. Oh no, he came to No, cuz when Eddie Kingston did the brutalize everyone started brawling and he came to help Pop guys, but then he was like to Pop guys like we need to get on the same page or something. But like what what is his beef with Eddie Kingston? What is his allegiance with Pac? And it just is he just it was really confusing. I'm just trying to get the confusing things out of the way before I get the good stuff going. The other really confusing thing, other than that, was we still don't know who Cody will is feuding, and it's been, like, months. i was <laughs> lost about the Darby. He challenged MJF, got confronted by a girl that said Shaq was going to fight him. He tried to challenge Sting when Sting's like, bruh, I don't want anything to do with you right now. I'm focused on, you know, being Darby's like, shadow. And then, what, what? like, Cody's, like, lost, and we're like, oh, he's going to come on to the waiting room, which I was really happy that it made its debut on Dynamite, because... I know a lot of people don't watch Dark, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't watch Dark that watch Dynamite. The Waiting Room is a really in- like entertaining segment on Dark, if you ask me. like that, The Waiting Room is the only excuse I give them to have the show go a little bit longer, because I do think Dark's way too long, and there's way too many matches on that show, and I know it gives opportunities to people, but a show that's on YouTube does not need to be any longer than an hour. When it goes an hour and 40 minutes, like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. but I will give the exception that if you're gonna put on a bunch of matches and you're gonna give extra time because you're gonna have a segment like the waiting room on there, I'm cool with that. But I like the waiting room, I'm glad I made his debut on Dynamite. We had Cody come there, and before Cody could say anything about what he's doing with his career, we get Jade Car- Cargill out there again fighting with Velvet Cake or something. And uh, Red Velvet. Oh, <laughs> then,
0: <laughs> then, uh, no, and, everybody. we still don't know what's happening with cody man man but you know you know what's great though we didn't see aubrey go fucking crazy like, she i'm didn't just wrap saying that right? much this week right i know she did you know what i
3: noticed because i wasn't paying attention to the referees i think she wrapped the women's match between serena deeb and Tay conti and that was it that was yeah. a good match from Tay my recollection
0: i will say this though ever since joining the AEW roster Tay conti has improved uh, compared to when she started till now, like she she got way better in the ring, and like they can really like work with that, you know.
3: I will say a positive is is that mm-hmm. they are beefing up their women's division. It seems
0: they are. Serena Deev is there now. You have um, you know, Tay Conti, and then like it's great. It's it really is, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would be happy to see uh Tay Conti or Anna J in the AW Women's Title picture soon. You know, down. Yeah. The road.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: I like both of them, and I really want. I know Britt Baker is still technically beefing with Thunder Rosa. Uh-huh. Um I don't know who she does feuding with.
0: Thunder Rosa is great. Like, let me just say this: like, Thunder Rosa is one of the women that like I'm actually invested in. Like, I don't. Yeah, like, I'm, like, like,
3: I'm could afraid. you imagine if she was the women's champion right now? I'd
0: be fucking fine with It'd that. Thunder, so Rosa. Thunder Rosa is like the best female wrestler they have, in my opinion. In my humble opinion, I'm gonna say that right now. And I don't want. And Thunder Rosa versus
3: Britt Baker, like, is a, a match. I'm like, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to. You. When yeah. they announced Tay Conti versus Sabina Di was a match I was actually looking forward to.
0: Exactly. When and they I mean, announced
3: Cheetah versus Abaddon, I didn't really care that
0: much. It's, it's it's weird. They build it up to a point, and then when they have like um, the Thunder Rosa stuff with Britt Baker, it's actually interesting. I don't know why. It's very different. And, like it's hot and cold every other week. Does that make sense? So yeah. I can. See it.
3: So another positive um, about the show was. We got to see FTR wrestle, which I don't know why. It feels like we right. haven't in weeks. Thank
0: you. It's but we got to
3: see our FTR wrestle. And as much as it was a good tag match, it was also fun because it wasn't Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. It was Jungle Boy and Marco stunt. <laughs> <laughs> which seeing FTR work with Marco was fun. It was fun. Like, and it was fun. And the right team won. And yeah, they won with a little bit of cheating, but they're the heels and that's what they should do. And I like that they changed the move named to the big rig to pay homage to john huber aka brodie lee aka luke harper so that was cool and i think it was it was a fun match and i, I think you know we'll see what happens with, john, with jungle boy and mark
1: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
2: <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a
1: guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Goes down, Luchasaurus. Moving forward, if so they'll keep with FDR. Mike. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. a the circle. Mm-hmm. They had their New Year's resolutions, and the first thing I, the first thing I thought of when Jericho was like, I'm gonna go get the tag titles with MJF was like, yo, know, wasn't it like a month or two ago that he said he was going to do it with Jake Hager? Yeah. And then, then, then I think about i like, wait, wasn't he like a tag team with Sammy Guevara? And then to the point of LAX, or Proud and Powerful, aren't they the tag team of the Inner Circle? Like, all these things were going to my head until we got to where we got where they're like, uh, Sammy Guevara called him a tag team slut, and now they're going to have a three-way tag match where it's Proud and Powerful versus Jericho and uh, MJF versus Hager and Sammy Guevara. How do you feel about this? What are your thoughts on this whole tag team situation? And who do you think is the tag team that really should be going
2: after the tag titles? Well, let me answer that last question for you. The tag team title contenders for the Inner Circle should be LAX, aka Pride and Powerful. Uh, It it just makes sense. I mean, even when the Inner Circle debuted last year, you know, um, well, I'm talking about like, you know, 2019. I'm talking about last year. Um, You know, it, it just makes sense. LAX is truly a... The the One of the best tag teams in the world. I mean, they they're truly deserve that title picture. Like, as much as I love the sex gods, which is uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, I mean, for gimmick-wise and promo-wise, it's great. For in-ring work, it's not great. Same thing goes with Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. That didn't work, obviously. Um, you know, because they only had one match against Chaos Project, and that, eh. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just, personally for me, This whole tag team match that's going to occur on Dynamite next week, I personally don't like it. I think it should have been established from the start that LAX is the team to hold the titles. I think what they're doing with Inner Circle right now is that they're just trying to make them relevant, even though technically they've always been relevant, if that makes sense, because they really don't have anything
3: for them. Give give them something to do creatively is what you mean, not relevant.
2: Well, yeah, give them something creatively to do. I really hope LAX wins. They deserve it. They're a tag team, unlike, you know, Hager and Sammy Guevara. You know, we haven't really seen them tag team. Uh, same thing goes with MJF and Chris Jericho. I think they've only tag teamed once or twice. And, you know, it's to me, it just doesn't make sense to have that combination. And AEW has had that problem before of just putting two random single stars into a tag team. Uh, we saw that with uh, Redacted and Kip Sapien. Uh, uh, we saw that. Uh sadly, I love their theme music, by the way, which never released. Um, but that didn't work out. I love Kip Sapien, but it just didn't work out. Um, same thing goes with uh Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Sure, they were tag team champions, but they're they're two single stars. They're they, it just it doesn't it doesn't to me. It doesn't go in my mind that they're a genuine tag team, even if they won the tag team titles. Like I truly believe that SEU's Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, when they won the tag team titles, were more of a tag team than Hangman and Omega. So you know, I w- when it comes to just who's the better tag team, I think it's LAX. Uh, when it comes to just the storyline in general, I think it's. Really stupid because if you're going to break up the inner circle, let at least MJF be the one to, you know, betray Jericho or betray little by little, like Sammy Guevara, and then kick Sammy Guevara out because they don't believe him. Just have something like that's that's interesting, man. Just don't make it a random mass I, tag team I, turmoil.
3: I agree with you when it comes to Santana and Ortiz should be the ones that should be going after the tag titles. Um, for a lot of people that don't watch Dark, once again, I know we don't get to see Santana and Ortiz wrestle on Dynamite all the time, but they've had some really good, like, squash matches on Dark and stuff. But I know they're trying to prolong the breakup of the inner circle. I understand that. I And as I was watching the segment, I'm like, yo, I actually wouldn't mind like a separated like break off of the stable where it's like Sammy with Santana and Ortiz, like, those three stay friends. I think there's something about that that works. Yeah. Moving forward though. Daniel we saw the dark order try to convince Hangman Page to fully join and take over or like not take over but join and be a part of them sure. cuz no he's been hanging out with them a lot whether it's on BTE or on the show and working with them and teaming with them so next week he's going to team with them again or something and they're mm-hmm. going to try to recruit Hangman to officially join the dark order he's been a a lost grunge cowboy as um neeson called him last week a grunge cowboy uh because he's like an emo cowboy but how do you feel about hangman page if he does join the dark order officially
0: true to honest opinion i'm i'm not a fan of it like i great uh, and stuff like you know shout out to Brody lee R I P. but um i don't know there's just something that doesn't click you know what i mean like i don't know if it's just me but like four months ago hangman adam page was the most over wrestler in AEW. This man was getting the biggest pops. You know what I yeah. mean. But like, why have him th- like in Dark Order? Like, why why have him just waste his like? You know what I mean? Just why?
3: This. He, he thought. Dark Order technically right now are baby faces. Ever you know? They are, are. Ever since the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee, they they've technically become baby faces, right? Hundred
0: percent. Imagine
3: yeah. that Hangman joins the Dark Order, and they're over as baby faces right now. And he goes into a feud against Kenny and the elite. I,
0: I, think think I think
3: that works, you know?
0: That could work. Now yeah. he's not
3: alone. He gets his confidence back. and He's like, I'm coming for you, Kenny. And then Kenny's all with Don Callis laughing at Hangman. I'm like, come on, man. You want the dark order? They're like the jokes of this company. Da 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 da. Uh. And then Kenny wins, oh. and then Hangman wins the title. The silver guys are holding him up. He's like the champion.
0: <laughs> you know what? Now that you bring that up, yeah, I guess. I guess that wouldn't mean too bad because I was looking at it from a different perspective. Because like,
3: Dark Order went, went the, from went from that t- that group that were all like, oh, this isn't working. It only clicks on some weeks. It's not that great. Like, oh, this is a failed thing. Well, like sometimes Dark Order is one of the most polarizing groups in AEW because some weeks we were like, oh, this is dope. And some weeks we were like, oh, this is weird.
0: No. And
3: now we're officially to the point where it's like, I think people genuinely like the Dark Order. And now they're the yeah. baby faces. And now yeah. you put Hangman with them; He's not lost, straying alone by himself. He gets that confidence back and goes after Kenny. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, moving forward.
0: I think, I think that works, man. You're right, yeah. The wrestling classic, everybody. This man knows what's up. Hey, Kenny,
3: you- Kenny Omega, by the way, was supposed to team up with the Young Bucks. And now I understood why he never straight up said who he was going to team with in that post show promo last week with like, he's in the team with the elite. And I automatically assumed the elites oh the Bucks I guess, even though I'm like, you should have made it clear if it was the bucks or the good brothers, because you know, people don't really know if they don't really pay attention that much who the elite is, but we saw the pre-match promo where Don Callis suggested that, Oh, let's do a separate entrances, you know, don't worry about it. It's all cool. And then before, The Young Bucks didn't even make their entrance. The Good Brothers came out and took their spot while Tony Khan and the Bucks watched from a monitor backstage, confused. Mm -hmm. And then they defeated Danny Limelight, Griff Garrison, and Flying Brian Pillman, the Varsity Blondes, in a six man tag. Which that was the other question. I was like, who are they going to face? I thought it was going to be John Moxley and two opponents. They never really clarified who the Elite were going to face this week. You know, shut up Danny Limelight, make his debut, Mike. I know that's your boy. And all the flying brian we all have uh, some sort of like relationship with flying brian we've all talked to him and stuff uh he's i would consider him one of my boys So i'm glad that he was on there and you two have both interviewed griff garrison that's the one guy i haven't really talked to so happy for him as well but anyways they lost to uh the good brothers who officially made their aew debut and kenny omega mm-hmm. to lead to mox coming out to run an attack which led to the young bucks to kind of did the young bucks come out to help Moxley?
2: No, no, no. I was going to say that the Young Bucks to me, and I don't care what anybody else says, to me, they are heel. Because what they did to Alex Marvez when they were doing that whole shtick, yeah. uh, you know, and they try to just, you know, manipulate us and think, oh, we're baby faces. We're good guys. We're the Young Bucks. We have a book coming out. We're nice. And the, <laughs> that, that's that's not the case at all. I mean, they're to me, they're heels. They've always been heels for the past couple months. And you know what? I mean, it just... The young bucks have a unique ability to make them make you, you know, the audience think that they're baby faces, that they're nice and corporate guys that run the tag team division and that they're good guys that kisses babies and signs books for you know <laughs> at their book date uh, signings or whatever but you, you don't realize of their heel actions you yeah. know what i mean so like you knew they were not going to help Moxley they you knew they were that was going to be a beatdown thankfully the lucha brothers came out who to me i still don't believe that they're they're baby faces they're 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 not baby faces to me they're Do always the lucha
3: crazy. brothers are i think the only sense of the lucha brothers coming out mike was because the young bucks are the tag champions. That's the only way it makes sense to me is that they didn't come out to technically help Mox, but they saw the young bucks out there and that was their spot to be like, Oh, they're the tag champs out there. Let's go out there and knock these guys out. Right. I really enjoyed that segment, but that is definitely one of those segments. I would have enjoyed so much more if there's a rowdy live crowd. Right. Cause everyone coming out one by one and just the good brothers being there, like, just the and this show. Like specifically, cause I remember I, I was talking, we all talked to each other in a group while watching. I was like, you know what, man, This dynamite has not been bad by no means. Like I've actually really enjoyed this episode of Dynamite, but I'm like, it's just the. And this is one of those episodes that really made me miss fans because so many like cool things happened that would have been great with the rowdy crowd. Oh yeah, if that makes sense, you know. Are we gonna go with Moxley still going after? Yeah. Omega is that the game plan for Revolution?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Even though it's you know Omega's going to retain the only person I really see that's going to take the title off of Omega.
0: No, but um, he is in action next week, so uh,
2: you already and... know who's going to take the title off of him and the man, the myth, the legend, Sammy Guevara is going to take that title off of him.
0: This guy.
3: Um. Last but not least, and I want to say, everyone, go check out Hard to Kill. It's Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and uh, Motor City Machine Guns, and I'm starting to get a feeling that we might see uh. A certain and John Moxley show up there. To be honest, moving uh, moving forward, one last thing: it was Darby Allen versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship. Uh, team members of Team Taz were out there. Taz was on commentary. It was a really good match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I think we all expected at some point Sting to get involved. And after all my jokes and shit talking, Sting actually got physical. He hit some people with his bat. Um, he took out Ricky Starks specifically <laughs> with his bat and whatnot. Um, we got to see some color on Darby, and I'm really happy. This is the thing I'll say about this match. I was worried, and I was saying, I'm like, man, I would have rather this been Darby versus Starks the Darby versus Hobbs because I still believe that you need to protect Brian Cage as a big man and as like, a future world champion contender again. And I think in this match, they did a really good job of protecting Brian Cage. Brian Cage looked really strong. He dominated most of the match. At the end of it, I didn't think Brian Cage looked bad. I do think no matter what, Darby pinning Brian Cage was like gonna somewhat make Brian Cage look bad. But the way of having Sting be the distraction and Darby getting that move on him and stuff like that was fair.
2: How'd you um, guys feel about Brian Cage should have been our new TNT champion? I agree. No, no, I agree with Mark. No, here, here's the reason why. The reason why is because you bring in talent like Brian Cage and Lance Archer to be this dominant figure in the company and relatively brian cage was the hottest free agent in professional wrestling before he signed with aew same thing goes with lance archer lance archer dominated in the tnt championship tournament to determine the first ever tnt champion and then you have him job to cody rhodes and never get an opportunity again and then same thing goes with brian cage where he only got i think one title opportunity before this one if not you know And then you put the FTW title on him. Like, Brian Cage is such an athlete and such a star-powered figure. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to... Like, there has to be a point where you have to put an actual title on him and not something that Taz came up with back in ECW.
3: Exactly. I was on the flip side. I was like, yo, they should have put the FTW title on the line. And somehow Darby should have walked out with both belts to piss off Team Taz. Because we know eventually this is leading to Sting Darby... And potentially Cody against three members of Team Taz.
0: No, it has to because I think the only reason why they signed Sting is like he's gonna wrestle at some point, it's gonna be in a tag
3: match. Yeah, I do think he's gonna wrestle in a tag match, whether it's a six man yeah. or just tagging with Darby. And I do think he's gonna have one last retirement match. And I asked this question on my page yesterday like, who do you guys want to see Sting have his last match with? A lot of people said Jericho. I personally don't see that, don't want to see that. I understand the hype around it, but. The, the, where Jericho is and where Sting is, they both should be working with younger talent majority of the time. It, it's yeah. almost like when we saw DX versus The Brothers of Destruction looked great on paper, and then look how that turned out. Yes, yeah. yeah, so there a series of events that ruined it, like, you know, Triple H tearing his uh, his uh, pectoral muscle early in the match and whatnot but like it wasn't like I didn't want to see ball Shawn Michaels I don't want to see Kane's mask falling off
0: I, I didn't want to see any of that
3: and at, anytime we've seen two older guys go at it whether it's Goldberg and Undertaker uh Triple H and it, it just it's not it hasn't been hitting the same you need someone that's a little bit younger and a little bit older I I see the meat on the bone when you talk about Sting versus Cody I see something there
0: mm-hmm. I
3: think you know there's a lot of the story you can tell because of Dusty then I see there's a lot, a lot of meat on the bone of Sting versus Darby. Whether it's a cinematic match or a match-match, I think at the end of all this and the way that things are appearing or being presented on TV, Sting is passing that torch to Darby. Oh,
2: yeah, 100%.
3: That's that's what I think about that. Other than that, I I, I enjoyed Dynamite overall. Like I said, I enjoyed seeing FTR wrestle again. I enjoyed Pac versus Kingston, even though I was confused of – Hawk's presentation in that match. I enjoyed um, the the Anna uh, the Take versus Serena D match. It's a women's match. I genuinely enjoyed on the show. I um, like this, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Darby versus um, Brian Cage. I think I'm really glad they made Brian Cage look strong in the majority of the match, and didn't like have and you know for Darby to beat Brian Cage, they made him get creative. He used his belt. He used his tape. Oh. He things to get creative, you know, because he knew this was like a bigger challenge for him to overcome. Because smart booking. Um, the stuff with the good brothers was creative uh the the tension the the tension they're already building between the good brothers the young bucks and kenny omega like where does this allegiance truly lie you know how what is Moxie? everything has been pretty damn entertaining thus far so right. yes there was a few things that bothered me about dynamite that i brought up at the beginning yes we don't know where cody's going <coughs> the women's division has its flaws i don't know about uh velvet cake and jade card red velvet and there was less and there was less uh there was less uh aubrey so like it was good no disrespect to aubrey i think she's uh, good at so many things that she does for the company but sometimes her roughing is a little over the top for my it's a little distracting for my for my taste on that note guys we're gonna wrap this up but now that i say that i want you all to know The next week, I have a very special guest coming on the TWC show. Her name is Girl on Cinema. Check her out on YouTube and Instagram. She has videos on AEW and WWE where she's reviewing them. And she's a very brutally honest, strong, opinionated girl. And the moment I saw her, I'm like, not that I agree with everything she says, but, man, would she be fun to talk to So, Mm -hmm. guys, I know you probably don't know who I'm talking about, but go search Girl on Cinema on YouTube. Subscribe to her, and she'll be on the show next week. Is there anything else you guys want to
2: add? Again, uh, Justin, thank you so much for always having me on. Uh, you know, it's always been great to speak with another good brother, talk about wrestling, talking about, you know, what we're passionate about. And, um, and, yeah, I'm always loving to do these CWC shows.
3: Mike's getting attacked by a little kid or something. I don't know what's going on over there. I'm going to have to cut the part out. This is the, the part I'm talking right now, but I don't know what you're dealing with over there. Someone's going to pull down your green screen. <laughs> I
2: don't know. <laughs>
3: no. Other than that, guys, thank you for joining the TWC show. Embrace the madness. Keep doing the thing. Subscribe to the Dropkick Pod. Subscribe to the Sock Monkey Mike show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Rose. Follow them on social media. They plugged it all at the beginning. And there's a kid trying to attack Mike. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> oh, God, it's Corporate King, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dang it.
3: Uh huh keep doing the thing yeah <laughs> Dude, goodbye that was good we're wrapping up
2: here <laughs>